The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another special edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. This is the fifth out of nine position groups. Folks, I try not to be a fanboy, and this is one of those moments where Chris Nendick, uh, former NIU kicker, and I go way back, well over 10 years, but uh, this is one where I'm, I'm pretty excited to have Chris on and to talk to Chris about special teams. We're really lucky to have him. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure's all mine. Folks, if you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you've heard me say it endlessly. You've got to visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties can help you. Jeff is a wonderful guy. There's so many realtors out there. It, it's hard to keep track of it. And sometimes when you're looking into that process, it can seem overwhelming. I'm going to make it easy for you. GenevaJeff.com or 630-254-4734. That's Jeff's direct number. You can call him. You can text him. He is the absolute best. Amazing guy. You got to give him a call. All right. So now, Chris, we're going to talk about your football background. But uh, as I kind of talked about it in, in the quick intro, you were a kicker at NIU, a kicker at Naperville Central High School, correct? That's correct. Yes. And so I, I remember very distinctly, it was your freshman year, because I think I'm two years older than you. And you had just kicked the game winner against Southern Illinois University. And then all of a sudden, I see you at the grocery store. And I was like, wait, is that that's, that's Chris Nendick, because your, your picture was all over the place. You know, freshman kicker, you know, wins, wins the game for NIU. And I was like, hey, you're Chris Nendick. And, and that's, that's kind of how things got started out for, for our friendship. Just going through some of these stats. So you are a Lou Graza Award candidate in 2006. Uh, I definitely remember that 44-yarder against Arch rival Toledo. That was a special game. Your career-long 52-yarder in the MAC championship in 2005. 332 career points off of 57 field goals. You have been helping kickers. You famously worked with uh, Jake Elliott of the Eagles. Man, what a career. Tell us just briefly about anything that I missed from your football career. Yeah, I mean, it was surreal. Uh, Naperville Central High School product wasn't a good enough like quarterback to to do anything around around that so Mike Stein who's now the head coach of Naperville Central basically showed me the ropes and said look you can really make something of this and you know I was fortunate coach Novak and, and Mike Sabach gave me an opportunity to compete at the next level um, you know in northern Illinois I found a home for four years I made a lot of friends um, I had a lot of fun and we won a lot of football games so, you know, from, from 2007, which was my last season until now, I've been able to mentor and tutor, you know, younger kickers, younger punters across all of the Midwest and essentially help them achieve their dreams, their goals, whatever it might be. So it's been, it's, it's been a fun ride. Do you have a favorite memory, maybe a favorite kick, a favorite moment from, from your playing days? Yeah, I mean, the one that I really dial up is the one against Central Florida. I hit a, a game-winning field with Brandon Marshall. I still have a picture downstairs. My wife, who I've known for 10 years now, she actually reached out to uh, the USA Today and got that thing blown up. So it's in, it's in my basement. Brandon Marshall's in the background. It was such a, you know, such a crazy game. We were up, we were down. 
we drove Brad Cislak, Josh Haldy. Um, they made they made a tremendous play to put us in in position. And I still remember Coach Novak. You know, his story after the game was he he couldn't watch it. A true freshman kicker out there. Um, you know, and 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 that game kind of pushed us towards our goal, which was going to the first bowl game since 1983, which for Northern Illinois at the time, that was a big deal. Man, it was so much fun to watch your development from the stands. And then as we became friends, it was like, hey, that's my friend Chris and watching you kick was was just really, really cool. Um, and just, it was an amazing career. And any of you that are listening, if you're an NIU fans, I'm sure you probably already know Chris, um, his, you know, watching some of those kicks. And if you haven't, go back, find him on YouTube, you've got to watch. Now, Chris, we brought you in to talk special teams for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it was a pretty good season, all things considered. Now, the Bears finish eight and nine, uh, not getting it done in the playoffs, but they did make it to the playoffs. But the special teams units from an outsider looking in seemed to be pretty good. How would you kind of rate the special teams of the 2020 Chicago Bears? I would say overall pretty good. I mean, you got the unsung heroes, um, Patrick Scales, the long snapper. Long snappers don't get enough credit ever. Without a long snapper, the punt doesn't happen. And, you know, the snap hold operation doesn't really happen. So I think it was good for them to kind of have a rhythm, have a routine uh, with him at the helm. I think this was his fifth year snapping for the Bears. I think he's, you know, he's, he's been dinged up a little bit, but I think he did a tremendous job. Pat O'Donnell, um, can't say enough about the guy. I think he averaged like over 45 punt. Uh, I think he had 22, 22 punts inside the 28 punts inside the 20. I think he forced 22 fair catches, which, you know, as a punter, that's, that's one of the goals is to force fair catches. And then Cairo not missing a kick outside of a blocked PAT after week three, that's, that's pretty tough to do considering the division that they play in, considering the conditions that they're in every single week. Um, you know, I probably give them, you know, an A. And then you got the return game. You got Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson was, you know, he's, he's, he's something special. He's electric. Anytime he touches the ball, it's like, he could be nine yards deep in the end zone, which is like for a kicker, it's like, man, I couldn't hit that ball any better. But he gets his hands on that ball, and he has he has one goal in mind, and that's the other end zone. The fact that the Chicago Bears had both Devin Hester and Cordero Patterson at different times, I think Chicago Bears fans kind of forget sometimes how unbelievably lucky they are to have such good special teams. I want to break down some of the things you talked about here. Patrick Scales. That is a name that's almost never said. Now, generally speaking, I'm of the mindset that that means if you're not saying the long snapper's name, it means he's doing his job. Is that a kind of an accurate read of that situation? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the one guy that can walk down the street and nobody knows him. You know, you get Mitch Trubisky or, or you know, David Montgomery walking down the street and everyone stops him for a picture or an autograph. Patrick Scales, you know, the best thing you can do as a long snapper is keep your name out of the media. Right. So I think he's done a pretty good job of that over the course of his his five years here in Chicago. Now, kicker talking about kicker. This is the one that I'm, I'm most excited to hear your thoughts on. Cairo Santos. I'm just going to read off a few stats here. 30 for 32 this season. That's 93.8 percent for the entire season. That's incredible. Career long 55 yarder. 
Uh, he was 36 for 37 with extra points. And at one point was 27 for 27 for his field goals, which breaks the Chicago Bears franchise record. Now, Chris, you had a couple streaks of your own. What does it mean to, to be a kicker and just, just to be in a, in a streak like that? How, how, can you maybe talk us a little bit about like the mindset and, and what you're kind of thinking about as, as that's going on? Yeah, I mean, mindset-wise, as a kicker, you just want to go one for one. I think his only missed PAT on the year was a blocked extra point. You know, going from a kicking battle here in Chicago for the last, you know, couple of years and, and a decent amount of turnover, Cairo had a heck of a heck of a run in Kansas City. So he clearly has the ability as a professional to perform at a very high level. Another thing that people don't really talk about, kicking off in Chicago is not the easiest. I think he had 42 touchbacks on 86 kickoffs, which is, you know, towards the end of the season, it's not easy to hit that football when it's when it's negative temperature. But to get back to what you were saying, mindset-wise, it's you're on the field for maybe eight total plays of the game. And if you don't have that one-for-one mindset, it's pretty tough to snap out of something. So I think Cairo did a really, really good job um, taking every kick as it was presented. And, you know, with that mindset, you can be very successful at that league and in that level. So, so Chris, I guess I'm kind of curious about this is he, this is a career year for him in, in almost every facet. And to do that at Soldier Field. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Can you maybe kind of pinpoint any reason why you think it just clicked for him this year or, or what you might attribute his success? Yeah, I, I mean, I can go back to it. Pat O'Donnell's been the punter here in Chicago for seven years, which means he's relegated as the holder. Patrick Scales was healthy for the whole season. Um, you know, operation means a lot to a kicker. So if that ball's not put down at the exact time that he's comfortable with, it's, it's pretty tough to make an adjustment when you're starting, you know, two yards away from the football, essentially. So I think comfort has a little bit to do with it. Um, the weather in Chicago is what you make of it. It's going to be cold. You know that towards the end of the season. Um, so mentally you have, you know, a few months to kind of lock into like, hey, you know, August, September, October. Okay, now we're getting into the, into the heat of it. So you have – you know, you have some time to mentally prepare for it. And I think in Chicago this year, we actually had some decent weather when they were actually playing. So that takes away a lot of the, the, the toughness of Soldier Field, which, you know, got to give the kid credit. He, he did a heck of a job all season. Um, and I don't know Cairo personally. I don't know Pat personally, but I will tell you that what he accomplished this year is not easy to do. I am hoping with all my heart as a, as a big fan of, of the Chicago bears that, that he gets a, a contract. I think he he's clearly earned it. And, you know, for so long, the bears were questioning who's their next kicker. It seems to be this guy. And I, and I hope that he, he stays here for a while. Cause it's, it's been pretty incredible. Now, Chris, you talked about it briefly, but would you maybe walk us through like the difference between kicking I don't know, in a 70 degree day, 65 degree day versus kicking in a 20 degree day. How does, how does that change for you as a kicker? So it doesn't really change the mindset. What really changes is, is the hardness of the field or the hardness of the football. So 
they only get three K balls a game, which are scrubbed for 45 minutes as much as they possibly can. That's the home and the away team. So some, some kickers like football a specific way, like brushed in, beat down a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more the feel of the football on the actual foot. A lot of guys, myself included, wear cleats that are really true to fit. So if you're wearing like a 10 and a half running shoe, you're wearing size eight and a half, size nine kicking shoe. So, you know, with the technology that they have nowadays, staying warm on the sidelines is a little bit easier than it was back in 2006, 2007. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys that are playing at this level, especially in, in these temperatures, got to give them some credit. Mason Crosby's done a good job up, up in uh, Green Bay. Absolutely. So now Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, do you have any thoughts on him? I mean, it, it would appear that, that he has been kind of a mainstay for a while. And, and obviously, you know, the, the success of the return game, the kicker, the punter, seems like he's doing his job. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he's been around the game for a long time. He's learned from some some really good coordinators in the past. I believe he was under Coach Tobe, who's with Kansas City right now. Um, and he's, you know, he's he's a good mind in the game. And like you had mentioned, the return game doesn't go without a good scheme. And a good scheme doesn't happen without athletic good players. So, you know, he's he's done a really good job schematically with, with – um, with the Chicago Bears and you know I hope he has continued success. You're about to kick off and you're looking at a guy like Cordero Patterson on the other side of the field. What are you kind of thinking about? I mean is is there any defense other than putting the ball in the end zone for that? Yeah I mean even if you do put it in the end zone he still has the opportunity to take it out. So you really just got to trust you know a guy like Coach Tabor and trust the scheme that they have in place for opposing returners. Obviously Cordell is, is on the bears. So they played against dangerous returners. Typically one of the better players on the team is the returner for both teams. So definitely the most athletic um, or, or up there. So the scheme behind what coach Tabor puts in place is something that they work on throughout the week. And, you know, if they want you to hit the ball to the goal line with a four two hang time, that coverage has got to be there. And if one guy misses a spot or one guy misses, you know, a, a gap that he's got to get through, that's where you see the openings happening. So I don't think they gave up a punt or a kickoff return touchdown this year. Is that accurate? That is correct. Yeah. Last year they did, but not this year. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes it's a, it's a busted coverage that breaks through and gets you a touchdown, but for the most part, that's scheme and that's uh that's confidence and that's um, players doing as their coach to do. Playing special teams seems to be often relegated to backup players. Now, I understand with yours, it, you, being a specialist, it's a little bit different, but you obviously worked with a lot of special teams guys. What kind of goes through a player's mind when a coach says, hey, guess what? We need you on special teams or you're going to be our special teams ace. How does that kind of play with a football player who said, hey, I came here to be a linebacker or I came here to be a running back or I came here to be, you know, name that position. How does that how does that kind of feel to be in that spot? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a team effort, right? So whatever a coach calls on you to do is is important. You look at the University of Alabama and the success that they've had their kickoff team is 
one of the 11 starters on offense or defense. Their kickoff return team is one of the 11 starters on offense or defense. So you see guys that are willing to sacrifice something that might seem so small for a bigger opportunity. That's where you really see a lot of growth within a team, in my opinion. And, you know, the best teams in the country at the college level, their, their best players are on, on special teams. And you see guys in the NFL, like, yeah, they, they might be a second DB or a, a backup slot receiver. But I'll tell you what, there's 52 guys on each team or 53 guys on each team. And every single one of them is a true athlete. So, yeah. It, it's like I said, going back to it, I think Bears, time, Bears fans sometimes forget that, that special teams have been great. But on the, on the other side of that, when you have a guy like Devin Hester in the history of this franchise, I, you know, there are a lot of fans that don't take it for granted. I'm kind of curious. This is not one of the original questions I threw out to you. But if I say to you the best kicker or the best kickers in the NFL right now, who are some, some names that maybe come to mind to you? Mm. Is is that uh, as a whole, or is that a year by year basis? What kind of? I, I guess I, I guess I'm kind of curious. However, you want to answer this, maybe some of the the all time greats uh, that that maybe just don't get enough credit, or or maybe there's just someone in the NFL right now. You go every time that guy kicks, I want to watch him do his thing. Yeah, I mean, you can you can mention Adam Vinatieri. He made a lot of big kicks in his career, and yeah, he's he's probably going to go down as the most clutch kicker of all time. You look at guys, you know, on, on any given day, all of these guys in, in the NFL are absolute studs. There's 32 jobs in the world that kick a football in the NFL, and those guys are playing on Sundays. So I would say any given day, any one of the 32 kickers that are in the NFL can be that guy. I mean, you see, you see guys that you might not have even heard of going six for six in a game. Their name all of a sudden pops up on fantasy reports and everyone's like, I want to, you know, you see guys like Justin Tucker, whose career percentage I believe is like 92% and everyone wants to be like him. That that guy's unbelievable. I I know he had kind of a rough game at, at one point in the playoffs, but I mean, he's, he's, he's incredible. I, I almost don't want to say his name. And again, this is another one that was, was not really brought up, but, you know, he got a chance to kick again in Cleveland this past season, Cody Parkey. How difficult is it to hit an upright more than once in a game? Like, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I know he wasn't trying to do it, but, but the fact that it happened so many times throughout his career, is there something like you saw in his game that would, that would suggest, hey, this is going to happen, or... How does that happen, I guess, is a better question. Look, for Bears fans, like, not everything's going to go the way that you want it to. Cody is probably one of the more stand-up individuals that you will ever talk to. I know him pretty well. Uh, He's a phenomenal kicker. He's a great person. He's a family man. And sometimes the ball just doesn't go your way. I mean, you could be on a practice field watching somebody try and hit an upright, you know, 10 times in a row, and they might touch it once. You know, the ball just didn't go his way a couple times. And, and that's the unfortunate part of kicking a football is nobody, nobody really pays attention to the ones that go through. They pay attention to the ones that don't go through those big yellow pipes. And that's where your career is based on. So, I mean, I think he had about a bad luck. 
Um, but you know, as a whole, the kid is, he's, he's a great kid. Well, that's, that's awesome that you say that something that we have tried to bring attention to quite a bit this, this season in our podcast is that these are human beings that sometimes fans forget about that, that they're, that they're real people. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating as a fan because you wanted that kick to go through, but obviously it didn't work out that way. Um, I, I wish him nothing but the best, uh, especially in Cleveland. He, he had, a, had a great season over there. To touch on that a little bit, they had the little beer day at, at Goose Island. And you could sign up. Anybody could sign up. Not one person in those conditions made a 43-yard field goal. So, I mean, that just goes to show that the average Joe can't just walk out onto a field and just put the ball through the uprights. Without question. It's such an incredibly difficult thing to do. And, and as I'm watching, uh, you know, I've been a coach, uh, and to see the technique, the, the repetition that goes through it, I'm always in awe of a kick, especially when a guy hits, like when Cairo hit that 55-yarder. That's incredible. I mean, if you see it on TV versus like seeing it in person, like the, the, the length of, of the, or the distance rather of that kick is incredible. Absolutely insane. Now, Chris, 2021, Bears special teams. Is there something specific you'd like to see? You want to see him draft? Uh, do you want to see someone get locked up? What are your thoughts for the 2021 Chicago Bears? It's tough because I think the salary cap might drop to 175. So you're gonna have you're gonna have somewhat of someone somewhat of an issue money-wise. Uh, I think with what the special teams did this year in Chicago, I think it's probably gonna come back and stay status quo. Um, those guys have earned it. They, you know, even though the Bears went eight and nine, you look at them and, and it's like they were solid, you know, from basically week three on. Um, I, I really wouldn't see any changes coming, um, but it is the NFL and you really just don't know. I think Bears fans want to see Patrick Scales, Pat O'Donnell, and Cairo Santos come back. I know Cairo Santos. You, you, you read it all over Twitter. You see Bears fans are in love with him right now. Super Bowl, it's coming up. Uh, we've got the Bucks and we've got the Chiefs. You got a pick for that game? Tough to go against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Defense played well. Uh, you know, Tom Brady has overcome a lot of doubters, naysayers. Uh, I think he's proven his worth, but you also got a pretty electric offense in Kansas City. So I think defense is probably going to win this game. I think it's going to be a lot close. In, it's it's going to be close. Yeah, it's um, Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, 43 years old and still slinging it. It's incredible, but Kansas City's offense can score from anywhere on the field, and they are just so much fun to watch. All right, now, Chris, our absolute favorite segment, unpopular opinion. Uh, Matt Lacoste, tight end for the New England Patriots, hates cheese. Uh, our defensive line specialist that came on, my, my good buddy Tom Rossi, uh, thinks that the Beatles are slightly overrated. And the one that tops them all, my good friend Rob Kirkland, came on to talk linebackers and said that Portillo's is overrated. No matter what you say, no matter what unpopular opinion you have, it, it can't be that bad. So, Chris, I got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion? 
Uh, ranch belongs on everything. <laughs> All right. So, so, so give us an example of something maybe most people wouldn't put ranch on that you're going to put ranch on. I'm definitely putting on pizza. Um, I'm, I'm literally using it for chicken nuggets. I'm using it for French fries. I'm using it for just about anything. Pizza. That, now that's one I have not heard before. So good, good for you. Um, Chris, I want to say thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Report podcast. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, I just want to wish you and your wife uh, good health in, in 2021. And you know, for all the people that you're helping to uh, make some kicks, uh, we're wishing them the best. Chris, any shout outs that you'd like to give as we, we finish up this podcast? Just to the Naperville Central Redhawks. Hopefully they get a season this uh, this spring. I know there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of anxiety around high school football sports right now, or high school sports, not football sports. Um, you know, I, I just hope that these kids, for their sake, they get the opportunity to play and, and, and have a good time and, and, and be students, be student athletes. Uh, for some of them, it's going to be the last time that they strap it up or, you know, they wrestle or – you know, they play baseball uh, competitively. So I just hope that these high school kids get what they should and what they deserve, as long as they can do it safe. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. We, we've talked about it with quite a few of our guests and uh, definitely, definitely pulling for those kids. Chris, thanks again for being with us. Uh, folks, we've got a lot of good stuff coming your way, uh, a few more position groups, and one podcast that I'm really looking forward to that's upcoming, we're going to be visiting with some Bears fans across the pond in Ireland and the rest of the UK, uh, so it should be a good one. As always, folks, bear down. <laughs>